Good, let's talk about it. Okay, how do we relate to, looking at a more general question, not just obvious, how do we relate to personalities in the Torah? Do we criticize them because we see that the things that we don't approve of or that we would have wanted to thought maybe we should have done differently, whatever it's going to be? Do we consider ourselves similar in some way to whoever we're talking about? Abraham Yisrael, Kuf Moshe, Rabbeinu, David, Amalek, whatever it is. But we can take the moral high ground and say they should have done this, they should have done that. Or whatever, whatever else. Even in those times when it looks to us that the terrorists criticizing them. Or even in those times when it looks like Qadala criticizing them. So how do we have related? Okay, so two two Hanachas to say. The first one I heard, someone asked Ramosha to answer this question. And Ramosha told him that Ba'atim, a Rishon, even the Rishon, isn't allowed to criticize any of the Nevi'im of Tanakh. You don't have to go as high as the obvious Ramosha Ben, who are the greatest of the great. But any of the Tadikim of Tanakh, a Rishon isn't allowed to criticize. He says, and even if we find in Midrashim and the Gemaras, which they do criticize people in Tanakh, it's only because it's coming from Ruch HaKodesh. It's only because it's coming from Ruch HaKodesh, and therefore they had a right, so to speak, to say that what they understood in Midrashim, this was a, uh, something which was a mistake on the part of whoever it was. Why? Why? Why can't we also just look at the Torah from our own perspective and make our own conclusions and, so to speak, agree or disagree with what the Gedalim of the Torah did? I mean, the great people of the Torah did. So the starting point is, and there's, there's two different Nukkotas over here. And they're both true. Rav talks about both of them. Number one, as we know, from, and we'll give some examples for this, the Torah magnifies mistakes. When you're talking about a greater person, the Torah magnifies mistakes. Not just in a way that is punished more severely, but even magnifies what caused the mistake. For example, we had in a few weeks ago, it talks about Ruvain. Which sounds pretty serious. She was Aisha's Ish, and it was his father's wife. So if that's exactly what happens, then Ruben's Chayev misses based on twice. Once for Aisha's Ish, and once for Aisha's Ovi. But that didn't happen. And not only that, we don't find that Ruben lost his status on the Shvatim, or that he ever got punished for such a serious severity. And when we see Yaakov himself at the end of his life, when he's trying to tell up Ruben what he did, he says, because you messed up my bed. You took it out of where it was meant to be. Now, one second. That's not what the Torah said. The Torah didn't say at the beginning that Yaakov, that Reuven dragged Yaakov's bed out of Buddha's tent. It says much worse. So we have to understand that Chorah, if it had been the case, number one, Reuven would have been punished. It's something very serious. And number two, Yaakov wouldn't have spared, so to speak, a direct, so to speak, Muslim for what actually did happen. So what you understand is Chazal tells us also is that, that even though the Torah makes it sound much more severe, Bahamas says that for whatever reason we can talk about differently why the Torah does this, that's not exactly what happens. So would we be allowed to, like, so to speak, criticize Ruvain? Would we be allowed to learn psychological lessons from Ruvain or whatever else we want to moralize about it? No, because that's not the case. That wasn't what happened. Similarly, when it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu, that whatever happened to Mary River, and what exactly did Moshe did wrong with Mary River, you can look in the parish and focus, and you'll see each Rishon looks for a different prat in the story, and the Torah makes it sound much worse than that. 
The Torah makes it sound like it was some kind of kafir. Loya mentally. You didn't believe in Hashem. Now again, that's a pretty serious uh, accusation to level against Moshe Rabbeinu, especially since Hashem says about it, Bechol Beisinei So we have to understand that it doesn't mean literally. There's a point that, that Moshe, Hashem wasn't happy with him, but the Torah magnifies the crime. And if you're going to go through many of the other examples, right from the, from, from the result of the Torah itself, from the, or how the Torah dealt with the, with, the, with the mistake, you can see it wasn't as bad as the Torah made it look. For example, Chayt Egel. Right? You look at Chayt Egel as the general condemnation of the whole Jewish people. They're just so much in Torah, and the whole, they're all just a bunch of idolaters. Right? What happened? All right, let's, let's follow through with the story. And what happened because of Chayt Egel? So it says 3,000 people got killed in a plague, another few, however many, we don't even know the number, uh, it got killed by the Levim who were known to be over the Vedazara. If you take Chazal's measure, it doesn't come to more than a few thousand people. That's all, but they're all idolaters. Either what? The Torah, so to speak, levels an accusation of the whole Jewish people. Sheikh Esamcha, they all went off the derech. But the Maish said was a certain minority. I mean, think what have been percentages. We're talking about 3,000 out of 600,000. But that's less than a percent. It's not, we're not talking about big numbers. And you accuse the whole Jewish people of being guilty of Chetzegah. So you can say they didn't stand up to fight, you can say they, they weren't Moichel and Pochemain, whatever you're going to say. But it's less severe than the Torah makes it sound. So the first look at it is, we aren't in a position to judge what the people in the Torah did or didn't do, because when the Torah talks about something a person did wrong, it magnifies it. It makes it sound much worse than what really happened. We'll develop it better. Okay, and that's the first point. The second point. The second point. And that is, that besides for the fact that we see that it's, we, if we don't really understand what the Torah says, what exactly the shorish of the problem was, there's another point too. And that is, the, the scale or the balance of right and wrong depends on the person who's involved in doing what he did. With, there's some things which are absolutes, 100%. But for a lot of times, the scale of what's the right or wrong thing to do will depend on the person doing it. Tahainu. What was considered a chisarin for Avraham Avinu wouldn't be considered a chisarin for somebody else. It was only because he was Avraham Avinu that was a chisarin. And what am I talking about? Chazal said. Why did Chayish go around to Mitzrayim? Because Avraham said, Bameh Eida. Now, it's a Gemara in the Darim. If you look in the context of the Pasuk, it doesn't look like such a terrible thing to say. But especially if you weigh, the way the Gemara explains it, Avraham wasn't asking questions on Hashem. He's asking questions like, Hi Yisrael. Hashem said, I'll give you the sentence Eretz Yisrael. So Abraham says to him, How do I know that my descendants will deserve Eretz Yisrael? Maybe they won't deserve it. So it wasn't doubting Hashem, it was doubting the worthiness of his descendants. And because they had to go into Mitzrayim, what did he do wrong exactly? Right? So it's only because Abraham was Abraham, this looks like a mistake. For someone else it wouldn't be. And uh, I can give you other examples also of a similar Nukudah in Tanakh. Right? That it's not just that the Torah magnifies the crime, it's a crime for that person. So if someone on that level, it's a mistake. Now, which means, again, the Torah doesn't uh, whitewash anything. If it's a mistake for a person on that level, the Torah will tell us that. But it means we aren't in a position to judge it as a mistake. Because we aren't on the level of understanding what he did wrong. Now again, if the Torah wants us to draw a lesson, we can draw lessons. That's okay. But to come and moralize and say that because of that, we understand that one of the obvious was wrong and we should have done differently, you aren't in a position to judge that because you aren't in the position they were when they, when they dealt with the, whatever they were dealing with. Let me just give you a mash of this to the completely the opposite extreme. We're talking about a Rasha Marusha. A Rasha which is Tanakh Tarah Stradat, he was one of the biggest Rashaim. The 
not been more than one place, squarely puts the blame on his shoulders for the Chorban of the first place in Megdash. And just to show you how much this is true, I'm talking about the King Menashe. King Menashe was the one who put an idol on the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Pazak says about him, he filled Yerushalayim with blood. He filled Yerushalayim with blood. So he was a murderer, he was an idolater, right? And he was also a Megal Arais, we're going to go to the Novik stories of that as well. So we're talking about someone who looks like pretty much an absolute Russian. Now look at the Gemara's in Hedrin. The Gemara says in Hedrin that Ravashi, Ravashi, the great Amor, right? Ravashi is the one who gave us a shas. says, tomorrow in Mashiach, we're going to learn about Chavay Reino Menashe. We're going to learn about our friend Menashe. He didn't say anything insulting about it. He didn't say Menashe, Menashe Harasha. He didn't say anything worse than that. Chavay Reino Menashe. The Gemara tells us, look at Mechaylech. The Gemara says, that not Menashe the king. Comes from the dream. And says, who do you think you are that you call me your friend? How, how dare you? And Rashi says to him, but listen, look what the Navi says about you. And Menashe's king, Menashe says back to him in his dream, he says, and how do you compare yourself to me? He said, had you been in this star, you would have picked up your robe to run faster than me to serve the Jazar. You weren't in my time, so how do you compare yourself to me? Now we're not talking about a phallic, now we're talking about a Russia. And again, we're allowed to call him a Russia because the Pazza calls him a Russia. But, because Ravashi thought, I'm on a level similar to him. And the Nasha tells him in a dream, you're not similar to me. Had you lived in my time, you would have been much worse. And what does that mean? So Ravashi wasn't a Tzadik, of course he was. The Nasha wasn't a Russia, of course he was. But the point was, and again, as a shaman, if we have more time to explain the dynamic of why the Torah does this, we'll get to that next. But what he's saying was, don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself. Judge me by the standards of the I was living in, and you in the standards you're living in. You can't compare. You can't compare, and that applies to us as well. If you're, not, if you're going to try and uh, to take on biblical personalities, and try and look at it like with people today, and think, well, he should have done this, he should have done that, we had a low self-esteem, whatever else you're going to say about people in Tanakh, we're not talking in the same world. We're not talking, it's not a level playing field. Right? It's the Havil, and I'm just giving this as a marshal to explain better. Right? Something which we can understand why it doesn't work. And then we have to, by, by extension, explain this to Tanakh as well. We don't see this by For example, like I said, something which we can relate to better, and just use it as an extension. Imagine someone tell you about his great-grandfather, who um, lived 80, 80, 90 years ago, and said, yeah, you know, he was a really serious person, he really is Shemaim. He did his best to say Kriyashma every day. And if that's what you say about a person, so if that's not today, he's going to think, that's a minor big deal. So now he was nauseous. Now, oh, that changes the story. You're talking about a different playing field. You're talking about a different world. And if a person was mad with a Christian every day there, that's like a minor. You have to have that other information. Right? Now, I'm saying about Tanakh. We're not living this, the, the Tanakh. We're not living the situation. We're not living the time. We're not living the situation they were in. So we aren't in a position to judge them. We can look at what Chazal tells us, teaches us from them. We can look at what the Torah tells us about them. But to try and compare their world to our world doesn't work. I'm looking at it from the negative, and I'll give you another story, much more recent. In the the Gemara, a much more recent story. In the Haktamet Suchelik Ches of the Egrish he brings a story there. Rav Moshe Sainu put it out, he brings a story he heard from Rav Moshe himself. When Rav Moshe was a Rav in Russia in Luban, so he tells, he told the story, and it's brought in Haktamet Suchelik Ches of the Egrish So there was a certain direction in town, he used to go around the Shabbos afternoon, and give Rashi's in the Pasha, in the Shul. Of the band. He gets the one week after Shabbos, you know, the guy collapsed, he was very sick, he was lying in bed. So on Sunday, the Rav Moshe, the Rav of the town, came to visit him. 
So this man says to Moshe, I'm telling you I'm going to die. Moshe, why do you think you're going to die? So he said, because yesterday, when I gave my drasha, I spoke about the nice light. The two rows of light who had relations with their father, as you know. And he made it sound very negative about these mamish prutsim and rishayim, whatever else. He said that night, collapsed, he had a dream. Nice light came to him and said, how dare you be Mazal Zonas? But you have no idea what, the, what was going on. You know why we, 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 we did what the right thing to do. And he said, and there's no interest that you're going to die tomorrow. Uh, there's much finer thing in the story. That's what happens. Now again, we look at Benoist Lot as no major hero in the tenth story of Tanakh. Exactly the opposite. And the two omens they provided us with Amun and Moya weren't exactly you know, highlights of the story of Tanakh either. Right? But the Chodos, so we would think of them as also as a pritzim of people who even arise. But you see, for that there was a certain hakpada. How do you, Kilo, relate to people in Tanakh in terms that you can, you have the right to speak against them? So again, the second thing we see is therefore we're not in the same playing field, and therefore we, we aren't in the time, we aren't in the situation. So we can say what Chazal say, but we aren't in the possession to compare ourselves and therefore say we would be better, we would be different, we weren't there. Uh, just an example, and again, this is the Gemara, and I'm quoting the Gemara in Hedron again. The Gemara says about somebody that he says, I can be like the obvious. No, I saw that, I could be the same. So they gave him a marshal. They said to him, Try imagine that you were going to race against the horse. No, a race. You against the horse. Who's going to win? And now imagine, not only that, but you running, but the, imagine that you have to run in quicksand, not in, on the straight ground. A horse runs faster than a person, and especially if the person's being held back. So the, the nimsh of the Gemara said was, you compare it to the office. The office were like stronger than you, the difference between a horse to a person. Shiratsu lefanai kusosim, Rosh Gemara. Which means again, you're not, you're not, you, the, you can say, look at them in the eyes of Chazal, what Chazal say, but to compare ourselves and say what we would have done, what we would have thought, it's not the same playing field. That's our second point. That's our second point. And this, like I said, is not necessarily Dafkut Sadiqim. We see this even by the people who we wouldn't consider Sadiqim Tanakh. Right? The Nukoda that we're going to say, well, we would have done better in the circumstances, we weren't in the circumstances. Now, does that mean that we, that they were Sadiqim, we were Shayim? No. You're talking about Menashe, he was a Russia. And again, I'm saying that with good, good authority, the Gemara says he's asked his Khalifa al Right? What I'm saying is, I can't say, and therefore, had I been there, I would have been the Tzadik. I wasn't there, I don't know. In the situation I'm in now, I don't know that this line. In the situation I'm in now, I'm a Tzadik, Baruch Hashem. I'd like to think so anyway. Right? But, uh, uh, but I, had, can I say, and therefore, had I been in his situation, I would have been the Tzadik? But you can't say. You weren't there. You don't know what he was, what the, what the sign of the time was. What I can say is, he could have been excited, because everyone has Bechir. That's true. But then, it wasn't me. It was him. And it was in a different place. It was in his world, and it was he was dealing with. So that's the second point. Again, so the first one we said was, the Torah magnifies the crime. We'll still explain why. The second point is, we can't compare ourselves, because we're not talking in the same, so to speak, reality. We're not talking about the same circumstances which they were in. Now, that's, that's, those are the two simple physical reasons. Let's now look at the more spiritual side of this. Let's look at the more spiritual side of this. And again, I'm going to a case of somebody who we will all agree are Rishonim Gemurim because the Torah says so. So we round the Torah. Torah Mabu. The generation of the people that before the flood. The Torah says. 
Rishonim. They all wiped out. They're such big Rishonim. We have to think of them, therefore, as you know, you look at go to the slums of today, the worst low lives, the most uh, immoral people you'll find. That's Dara That's what we think. Listen to what the Zara says about that. The Zara says that the Dara the people who lived in those days, had much greater Nishamas than we have today. Because of that, because of that, he said, Mimela, the Satan was given free reign on them. He could do what he wanted. He said, normally there's a certain uh, balance factor that Akkadish Baruch restrains how much a Satan can work because it's not fair to overpower people. He has to be limited to, so to speak, to where people are. So the Satan's working as a handicap. And the lower people get, the less he's able to do because the people are lower too. Now can then, was given free ride. And he's talking about great people, big people, people on a high level. Do what you want. Okay, so they fell. They were not saying they were Rishad. They were Rishad and they got destroyed. But we're going to say, and therefore we're better than them. And therefore we would have done a better job. Well, maybe, maybe we are better than them because we haven't done that very as they did. But we can't say, therefore, had we been then, we would have been better than them because we're not talking on the same level. Right? When a person has a Diyatari, he has, it's much more minimized. Now again, I'm not saying they had a Bechir. They had Bechir. They made mistakes. I'm saying we can't compare. We're not talking like and like. Right? The, 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 the factors they faced and the, 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 the Tzad of the Ra in the world then was much, much stronger than the Tzad of the Ra in the world today. And the proof of that is it was even Machshul Malachim. As we know famously in the past success, that the Malachim came into Hashem in the time of the Dara and they said, Hashem, give us a chance. Look how good we are. Hashem was like, yeah, go for it. And the Sultan was Machshul them too. So we're not just talking about people, we're talking about Malachim. So we're talking about a pretty serious like, negative impact or an influence in the world. And the Amos said, I don't have to go to Tanakh. This applies even within our own world today. On the same mission, which says, The first thing is exactly this. And that is, you don't always know the factors which are involved in someone else's choices, even his mistakes. You don't always know the factors, you don't always know what other influence were involved in that, or what other nakudas there were. So it's not fair to judge somebody else, Kalvachim, someone who lived in a different millennia, in a different world. You know, we don't presume to judge them. We can say what the Torah says about them, but again, it's, we can't make, therefore make a scale of how we are compared to them. Okay? So now the obvious question is, now, let's look at the obvious. Specifically. Let's look at the obvious. And yes, the Torah does say various things about each of the obvious, which are coming as an accusation against the obvious. And again, the Torah is the right to say that. HaKadosh Baruch is, so to speak, speaking, you see, obviously from his position, he'll tell us. For example, when Yaakov says to Rachel, Atachas of Akimani, Rachel asks for children, and Rachel says, Yaakov says, oh, you, you approach, you ask me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in a place of Hashem, I can't give you children. Now, and then the Chazal have a, say that Yaakov was wrong for that. Is that the way to answer somebody in distress? And Yaakov was punished for that. Whatever the reason was going to be. Now, once again, there's a lot we can learn from that. There's a lot we can learn from that. And this is the biggest side. The says this, and this is reading it. This is right, what he writes. When the Torah makes a lesson from us to learn from something that obviously did wrong, it means it's a lesson that we can apply to our situation too. Do we know what Yaakov, Yaakov and Rachel, why he said that? So we can explain. We can even justify Yaakov. This is a famous approach of Chaim Shulevitz and others. How to explain what Yaakov said? It makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make a difference. At some level, there's the accusation in Yaakov. If someone's in distress, you have to empathize more. Good, it's a lesson we can learn. And if it says that David Amalek, that why did his son of Shalom go become a, a rebel? Because he didn't give him enough 
He wasn't strong enough for him. So it means it's a lesson we can learn. And if we want to learn lessons from the Torah, that's why the Torah tells us the stories. If the Torah is telling us the story of someone, it means there's a lesson for us to learn. That doesn't mean that, therefore, as a result, we can now go and say, we would have, no, let's put ourselves in their shoes and say we would have done a better job. And say, the Torah is highlighting something, and something should apply to us. And I'll say more than this. That's why the things about the obvious, which maybe were out or weren't right, whatever it's going to be, the Torah doesn't tell us. Because there's not something which is going to apply to us, and something for us to use, the Torah doesn't tell us no that. So how do I know there were such stories? Because you'll find them in Chazal. You'll find them, there'll be something else, such a such thing in Chazal, which the Torah doesn't mention Bikha. So obviously it doesn't mean that the Torah does everything which happened, it wasn't important. And for whatever reason, if the Torah didn't, didn't see it, something which is going to give us a hadrach, give us something to learn. Saying something, we don't. We, we say the Torah is quoting accurately. We don't, we don't say the Torah changes the facts. Except, the, like I said, the Torah magnifies things sometimes. What Torah presents, that's what the Torah wants us to learn from. Okay. Now the next point. The next point. Was there a possibility of this, the original question which was asked, and that is, do we blame Avram and Sarah, or this message maybe Avram, or for the way Ishmael turned out? Do we blame Yitzchak and Rivka for the way Esav turned out? This is a, 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 a much bigger question. It's a question which doesn't apply to all of us, it applies today. And that is, let's start from the very beginning. That's how much we blame the parents for what their children do wrong. If you're going to say that the parents, because of the way they treated their children, or because of the chinuch they didn't give, or because of the, they were two, whatever they were, and that's, that would be the reason for what happened to the child, so we can blame the parents. Does that mean that's always the parents' fault? For sure not. For sure not. Sometimes there's nothing to do with the parents. A child is Bakhira. A child is Bakhira also. And he has to make his own decisions in life. And whether he chooses right or wrong is up to him. And it's very convenient to always say, well, it's not my fault. You know, it's my khilaq, it's my upbringing, it's my whatever it was. You had my rabbi khilaq done a better job than me. I would never turn out like this. If my parents been more this or more that, or sometimes both at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done what I did. That's, that, it's a justification which might not hold any water. It might not be the case. The person has his uh, as his nisayinus, and the person has his bechiras to make. And if he decides to make the wrong decisions, at the end of the day, he's responsible. Now, that doesn't mean that there are factors on the outside which don't contribute to a person's bechira. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. They don't have to be. It doesn't definitely doesn't justify the person. It definitely doesn't justify the person as long as he's not in the gather of a shaita. It doesn't have das. The person is responsible for what he decides. To say that one person's nisayin is more difficult because of his upbringing, for sure. Say that one person is Nisayan, it's going to be a different kind of Nisayan because of what he's exposed as a child, for sure. But that's his Nisayan. That doesn't categorize him as having to make mistakes. That doesn't relegate him to having to be a Russia. He has Nisayan based on his, based on how, the way she made him, based on the situations he's been through, based on the, so to speak, his childhood and his experiences and his whatever khilaq, whatever, whatever it's going to be. That presents the ground for this person's Nisayan. That presents the ground for his Bechir. It doesn't necessarily force him into a certain box of being a tzaddik or a rasha. And therefore, to judge the parents because of the children isn't always right. Sometimes yes, but definitely isn't always right. And therefore, if you're going to now look at Avram and Yitzchak and say that because of what happened to Yitzchak, or to Yishma, I'm sorry, or Esav, so now we're going to look back and, and accuse Avram or Yitzchak, if Chazal don't do that, we can't do that. Firstly, like I said, even without everything we said until now, Mayakitais has got to do with them. Not everything a child does is as a result of his parents. Especially, 
especially what we do know about Avram and Yishmael, on the contrary, we don't find anything wrong with Avram's chilek for Yishmael. All we find is Bechanachamim, it's just he brought him a brat. He was sent out the house, Basara, when Yitzhak was still small. So we don't find Yishmael and Basher Husham. Remember, right after he gets sent out the house, he was dying of thirst. And Hashem doesn't know nice to save his dad because right now he's a tzaddik. Right now he's a tzaddik. And if that's the, Whatever it was, and whatever you've done wrong, you've done wrong. But you can't say that therefore the, 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 the future of what happened to Yishmael, or more like Pnei Yishmael, right? Yishmael died a tzaddik too, as we know. That's the Chavah B'yamu. So, so we, 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 if we don't find any Makar that Kilo finds fault with Avram Avinu, then we definitely aren't in a position to say that. Oh, Yishmael wasn't what, uh, wasn't Yitzchak. That was up to Yishmael. That was up to Yishmael. And Zayim Ba'esaf. If we don't find that Chazal fault Yitzchak for doing anything regarding Esaf, then we can't blame Yitzchak for Esaf. On the contrary, we blame Esaf. Esaf himself went the wrong direction. Esaf himself decided less than less time he's going to do everywhere in the world. That wasn't Yitzchak's fault. Now, why did it have to be like that? So now this we can explain the spiritual workings of why, why it had to be like that. Why, why there was a, only one of Yitzchak's sons could, could be Yitzchak and Karel the only one of Yitzchak's sons could become the continuation of Kali But, uh, and if you're going to go into the, the, the Chazal, he says even more than that, that the Chazal said that there was the, any influence which there would have been from the house of the soul, right, had to get, so to speak, removed before we could come to, to, to purify the Zerah Yisrael. And therefore, just like uh, the spiritual genetic material, whatever you want to call that, from Terach, uh, went into Yishmael, and the spiritual genetic ra of the soul went into Esau, so it purified the next child as being Kodesh Kodesh. But then once again, if that's the case, it's a process in the It's not something you're going to blame others for. That's just an example, just for this particular case in point. Now, the last point, this is really a discussion completely in its own right. And that is, how could Yusuf make a mistake about Esau? Why was it Yusuf told that Esau was a tzaddik? That we have to talk about. As Hashem, it's a discussion in its own right. But either way around, that wasn't what led to Esau being bad. If anyway, that should have led to Esau being good. The fact that Yusuf believed in him. And if it didn't, that's just uh, another condemnation against Esau himself. Okay, that's... Uh, Touch the topic. We spoke about understanding Chatzoyim of the people in Tanakh. We spoke three steps. Number one, the Torah magnifies it. We start to talk about why I'm going to go next week. Number two, we aren't in this situation. And number three, the Nisoyim was in their terms. And then specifically about the mistakes which we can't attribute the mistakes to someone because I'll do that. This is the Torah, next week.